0: Welcome to this week's episode of Seattle to Unknown. I am Melinda. And I'm Sarah. And we're a travel podcast still. Yep. Didn't change formats on you midway. Someday. I think for April Fool's Day, we just need to come out with a new format and not address it, put the episode up and then move on in the next episode like it never happened. (laughs) Uh, yes and yes, I like this. Someday, if you ever are listening to our feed and you come across an episode called Kitty Talk or something weird like that, you'll know. I don't like the title of that. That's weird. Don't do that. And we just talk in weird kitty voices the whole time? Yeah. Um. Nope. Just an hour of meowing. Don't worry. I'll come up with a good idea. <laughs> no, no. I'll have the good idea by then. Puppy Talk? I've got like five months. It's fine. I got this. Just shh with your bad ideas over there <laughs> no we need more of my ideas my ideas are delightful ah remember how we had episode 32 2 well well this is 33 2 we could go for 33 3 do you want to end this right now i'd rather not <laughs> no i'd rather not because by 33 3 i'm probably gonna be like yep this is a thing here you go like No interest whatsoever in it. (laughs) But yeah, and I can't remember if it was a real episode or a redo episode where we talked about how you just had bad ideas. That was 32-1. I can't remember anymore. It's all blurring together. (laughs) I had, like, the longest two days in a row, too, so... Yeah... Let's get into cocktails, though. That sounds way more fun. What's your cocktail? I have one of my favorites, and would be kind of cool if airplanes started serving this, but um, it's Kavita Master Brew Kombucha and Pineapple Peach. Mm, I'm still not sold on kombucha. I don't think you're getting the right kind. Um, I don't know. Uh... Or you just have bad taste. I don't know. could be both. <laughs> Why not both? Mm-hmm. Mm, it's good. And supposedly there's billions of live probiotics. You just killed a whole civilization. That is not vegan. I'm adding a civilization into me. Yeah. Sounds weird. (laughs) You're pouring a civilization into acid. There's acid in here too. Yeah, well, different acid than what's in your stomach. See, it's crafted with billions of live probiotics, organic acids, and the finest ingredients. That's... Probiotic genocide. Whatever. It's delightful. It reminds me, I was reading an article the other day about veganism and whether or not human breast milk was vegan. And technically, it can be if you have their consent. Similarly, human flesh can also be vegan if the person told you to eat them. No, no, that's cannibalism, and that's still very much a no-no in most places. It is, but it is not inherently <laughs> non vegan. God, why? <laughs> why is this a thing? It's a very important question and I needed an answer. Can I still be a vegan if I'm a cannibal? For like non religious cultural purposes just because I'm a little uh Snacky? Ah oh, shit, who was it who ate people? Dahmer was it just Dahmer? Uh, look, I don't know. I don't keep track of the American cannibals. There was the cannibal cop in New York. There was the cannibal that was tripping balls on uh, bath salts. Oh, I don't think he meant to be cannibal, though. He just bit somebody. It was like an accidental side effect of tripping balls on bath salts, which, you know, why? Uh, maybe he's just really into Lush and very confused. Emphasis on confused. (laughs) Weekly update. Uh excuse me. Oh shit. (laughs) I actually got a cocktail this time and you're just trying to brush it under the rug. (laughs) Sorry I'm just used to you not being prepared so I just like glazed right over that I think for again. I got this week a unusual Fanta. And with all of these that are grocery store stocks, they appear to be from Central and Eastern Europe. So this one, I think, is Czech. And it is white grape Fanta. Oh, cool. How is it? So here's my problem. When I was little, my mom, most parents are like, chicken noodle soup and lots of water and rest. But in our house, when you got sick... It was chicken noodle soup and white grape juice, which is apparently something my dad got when he was a kid. So when I have things that taste like white grape, my first thought is, hmm, this is tasty. And then my second thought is, this reminds me of being sick. So it's not a great association. No. Ew. That's a little sad. Yeah, it tastes good, but it just makes me think of sitting in bed in a fluffy robe, watching the price is right and trying not to hurl. Do, 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 do. That's prices right, right? Uh sure. Maybe. It sounded good <laughs> in my head. So yeah. It's interesting, but it's it's really, really sweet as most Fanta is. Well, I mean, it's pop, so yeah. This is true. I was thinking in the future Oh gosh. Dear listeners Oh no. Oh if you have a special drink in your country, particularly one that chips well, like a tea of some sort, you should send it to us and we could have international cocktails. I'd try it. Yeah. I mean, it can't possibly worse be worse than like some of the canned wines I've tried for this. So <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. So that's just an idea. I was going to have like a real cocktail cocktail, but no. <laughs> a little too early for you. Uh, uh, can we go to updates and i'll explain give me your update okay so i was all prepared i was finally gonna use some sick pay because my bank is completely full for sick pay at work and it's like sweet i'll get three days off in a row it'll be great you know get my appointments done and everything and extra time which is great because we're going in the holiday seasons it's gonna be like batshit crazy well as life turns out I had to work an overnight shift Mm -hmm. so I had to get up super early for my doctor's appointment get some shit done try and take a nap go in and work an overnight shift and then the next morning I had an eye appointment because I made all these appointments before I was asked to work last minute to help fill in for the overnight e. shift. I was just like, God damn it. What would, what would they do if you had just so, actually yeah. been sick, though? Like, we need you to work. Tough. I'm sick. I put in for sick time. Well, I was using it for my appointments because I was being an adult and using, you know, like, instead of, like, giving away money because it only rolls over for so long. So it's like, God damn it because somebody else ended up with an injury and (sighs) they asked nicely and they're like well maybe you can give away one of your other shifts and it's like it's a friday saturday are my other shifts for the week it's like nobody's gonna want that if they have a friday and saturday off they're not gonna want to come in and work nope you crazy so yeah it was just a bunch of like two hour naps I had a two-hour nap before I had to go to work, and then once I got home, I had like a two-hour nap before I had to go to my eye appointment, and then I had a two-hour nap before it's like I should probably get up so I can go to bed at a normal time, and try and get back on track. Well, that and sounds I... like fun. Yeah. No. <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> Cause then you just feel crappy, like when you wake up again later in the day. And just yeah Just. Bleh. Hmm. But yeah, they let me know that, no 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 yeah. that sounds unpleasant yeah I know I did the right thing to help and whatever I was going to get paid either way but it's like mm, I feel like poo steamy old pile of poop ooh that's quite the visual <laughs> accurate too <laughs> Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, I would if I could see you, but right now it's so pixelated that you might as well be Shrek. So I'm Shrek and you're like the off-brand Mothman? Yep, exactly. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Good thing this is not a YouTube (laughs) series. What's your weekly update though? Did I tell you about the weird email I got? No. So I have a very generic name and By extension, I have a very generic email address, which means I'm constantly getting stuff that's intended for other people. And I got an email yesterday from this company saying, thank you for checking in at our offices. Here's the agreement you signed. And please remember to sign out on your way out of the building, which isn't that uncommon. Like Lots of companies have their own emailed check-in system. And I thought, ugh, some idiot out there gave their email address when checking in for a job interview, and they actually gave them mine. Great. Another person using my email address. But attached to the email was sort of like an NDA, like you're visiting our offices, do not share anything that you've discovered while you're here, blah, blah, blah. And at the bottom of the sheet was a signature of the person who had used my email address. And it was nearly identical to my signature creepy yeah and i know that when you have a fairly generic name the signatures will seem fairly similar because we're signing the exact same thing the thing is is i shorten my name in a really unusual way in my signature and i also sign it in a really unusual way she puts ra instead of sarah yep yeah i just write ra ra sis boomba which is why <laughs> oh I was God. very concerned. <laughs> please change that to be your signature. <laughs> so I called this company. Then I won't feel bad about my super long name. R- 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 well, and I called this company. I was like, I don't know what's going on here, but somebody used my email address, and then they used my signature for something that's probably like a job interview because it says specifically you will be meeting today with so so and so who's the hr person unless and it's they, like an internal investigation at their work and they're like causing some waves <laughs> well and so i called the company and it goes to a phone center well this does not help me so i reached out to them on facebook they did not answer i reached out to them on twitter And eventually they replied to me and they said, yeah, we tracked her down in her job interview. She showed us ID. We do believe that she is also a Sarah Scott. Uh, We don't know why you two have the same signature, though. So somehow there's someone out there. Oh, and they said also that, yes, she had given my email address, but at the wrong email provider. So How do you goof that up? Either she said it wrong or the person and taking also, down And also why are for... you both still using hotmail.com? Oh gross. I haven't used hotmail <laughs> since I was like 12. <laughs> Good lord, have a little faith in me. Nope. Uh, God, what do you think I am, my mother? But I guess she might have said it's blah 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 at yahoo and the receptionist or front desk person or whoever just assumed it was gmail because obviously it should be gmail but yeah it was very confusing and i feel slightly bad that i might have bombed this person's interview by making someone come in and be like okay you're gonna need to show us id but it was very alarming to see my signature on a document that says that i've just checked in in an office in utah when clearly Hmm. not in utah you guys should meet and become friends i do not have a history of being friends with other sarahs there's something about our name we're real bitchy just you just you no no (laughs) tell that to the sarahs who tried to stab me in the fifth grade i thought it was supposed to be heathers that was the deadly No, no no in our school it was the sarahs and they were fully a gang yikes oh yeah very unpleasant Yay people. for not having a generic name. Right? Except the fact that I get called the wrong name constantly. Well, the trade-off is that when your name is this generic, if you Google yourself, anything bad you do will be lost in the search results. If you have a super unique name and you do something wrong, you will never be able to get rid of it because it'll always be in the top search results. Also, I'm still going to need you to start signing your name as Rara. Yeah. <laughs> because that's still (laughs) making me laugh well um your next id card i need you to sign it this way for at least five years did you know that if you do something silly in the signature on your id if you oh that's your legal signature yeah exactly Uh uh-huh i saw one where the person signed their name as a series of stars and he thought it was really funny, but then he bought a house and he had to do the series of stars over and over again on every single page of the mortgage. Mm hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Don't do that. But you, you, rah rah sisumpa, that needs to be a thing for sure. Do I have to draw little pom poms on either side? No. No illustrations, just sign it. <laughs> Can I write Go Team after it? No, you're making it longer than it needs to be. Don't do that. It's already rah rah Sis Boomba. I mean, it couldn't get a whole mu- whole lot longer than that. I love it. Dork. Should or you can to sign news? it as Chuckanut. Chuckanut or ra no. rah Sis Boomba? These, these are your choices. <laughs> no, I think... Chuckanut's still pretty good. I'll be rah rah Sis boom, bah, and you can be Chuckanut no i have no ties to checking that drive so you do now because i've just decided nope (sighs) anyways no that was your weekly update uh news story let's get on track so the news story for this week is that lonely planet has announced what they think will be the top destinations of 2020 and they are bhutan england north macedonia aruba eswatini Costa Rica, the Netherlands, Liberia, Morocco, and Uruguay. Let's go. Okay, let's start with Bhutan. It's so pretty. Okay. I'm fine with that. Never been there. Um, I'm not mad about this list. I find it interesting that England is on there because I... Not that I don't think England is a wonderful destination because it obviously is. But this list tends to be slightly more unusual destinations and i don't think of england as an unusual destination i feel like england's probably like always on there and that's because it's like a good starter place i feel i feel like i don't know maybe that's more so for americans like hey we told you guys to fuck off <laughs> but here we are also can we try some tea we threw all of ours out But right hey can can we learn your history because ours is like <laughs> new Look at all this old stuff. Man, we don't have that here. But, yeah, I feel like England kind of goes without saying for most Americans. Like, yeah, of course, we're going to go to England at some point. I don't know if I need to have it on a list as a reminder. I mean, just in case it slipped your mind, you're thinking Aruba and, you know, South Macedonia. First, I don't know. It's reminding you like oh oh North Macedonia, Aruba. And, maybe hey, and just England? checking in. You know that South Macedonia isn't a place, right? Yes, I know. I just picked a direction. Okay, just check in. <laughs> just wanna make sure. Like East Uruguay? I knew someone who used to think it was west and east Virginia. Oh my. Was this also the one? Yeah. It's not like North and South Dakota. Was this Dakota. also the one that thought the, um, the Amish were the same as Germans? No, but I don't doubt that if you had asked her, she would have confirmed that there was an East and a West Virginia. Okay. That's different, but okay. But anyway, um, I know for the two of us, we have only been to two of the places on these lists. Yes. And to be perfectly upfront, I did not realize that Eswatini was a place, mostly because I didn't know that Swaziland had changed its name. But, you know, I bet I would have known they had changed their name if they were in Eurovision, because that's how I knew that North Macedonia was now North Macedonia. instead of just Macedonia? No, it was... Oh, God, it had a much longer name. Oh, it used to be Former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia and then in 2018 they changed it to the Republic of North Macedonia. It's a whole long thing with the Greeks. Okay. I'll take your word for it. But I learned it from Eurovision, which just shows goes to show that Eurovision is quality educational entertainment. Except for the whole explaining how Australia was a part of Eurovision. I mean, I'm not mad about that because Kate Miller-Heidke, but Adding Australia on was a bit of a stretch, let's be honest. Well, they did it for the ratings because the higher, highest viewership at the time of Eurovision in the world was Australia. It's like, oh, if we add them, we get their money and their attention. And we get people flying around on the stage and a sweet crown. Exactly. A crown made out of zip ties. Which was hella cool. Yes. Uh, if you do not watch Eurovision, Kate Miller a key is a musician that both Melinda and I really like, and she competed for Australia last year. And it was amazing! But they've also discussed that at some point they might allow China into the competition because now they are the higher, highest viewership of Eurovision. Ooh, drama! At some point, some point it's going to stop being Eurovision and just start being World Vision, but they're going to have to come up with a more creative name because that one's taken. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> Anyway, on a related topic, Airbnb also announced what they thought would be the number one destination on their platform next year, and it is somehow Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Because cheese festivals? Somehow. I would really like to say that it was cheese, because honestly, that's why I would go. Like, I I think it... Wisconsin should be like Hawaii. When you land, instead of getting a lay, you get a cheese head. Or just a cheese platter. I'm not picky. Something with cheese, as long as it's Mm, edible. Cheese platter. You know those cheese head hats aren't actually edible cheese, right? You know what? Just because you've never seen someone eating one doesn't mean that you can't. I mean, you can, but you shouldn't, because it's not real cheese. You know, they say that the moon isn't made out of cheese, but I'm not going to believe it until I get to go up there and take a bite myself. Dear NASA, I have dreams. Power of proof. I need to see the proof before I believe it. Show me the receipts. Okay, Karen, calm down. <laughs> But uh, they believe Milwaukee will be the clear winner for next year because of the Democratic National Convention. Not really because of the cheese, but also probably a little bit because of the cheese. I hope it's for cheese. So it sounds way more interesting. <laughs> I'm sure there's other delightful things, but when I hear Wisconsin, I think of cheese. Same. And German exchange students. Weird. I know at least four Germans who were exchange students in Wisconsin, and nobody knows why they all were in Wisconsin. Weird. Very weird. Yeah, a little bit. But anyway, speaking of politicians, eh, eh. see the segue, see the segue? Today, we are going to talk about laws that you may or may not know for various destinations, things you probably want to be aware of. Some of them are important to know, some of them are a little bit sillier, but, uh, you know, buckle in, you'll see. Come with us on this legal journey. This legal journey? This is not a legal advice podcast. (laughs) Don't let her fool Suddenly it's a travel true crime. I mean, we've kind of done that, so why not? Speaking about crime, though, did you know it's illegal to wear camouflage in certain places? yeah. Yeah better transition i did know that i did indeed um (laughs) so the why to that is that um like the local governments and whatnot they don't want you to be confused on who's actually a part of the military and who's just trying to be fashionable um especially if it's somewhere that will have like rebellion groups or supports of terrorist organizations they just want you to know who's who seems fair so if somebody in camouflage with really fancy hair approaches you they should be government but you know they could also be a hipster or a rebel here at least but not like a fashion rebel or anything but like legitimately part of the rebellion <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's something you never saw coming was it yeah so maybe double check before you bring your camouflage outfits yeah traveling everywhere particularly if you are traveling in parts of africa or the caribbean Unless you want to be interrogated by the police. But that doesn't really sound like a fun afternoon. No, and I do not. And to be honest, I don't think I've ever owned a single article of camo anything. Not even, like, a t-shirt with camo on it. Well, you're just not living your full fashionable life, are you? No, I am not. Every time when a brand is like, we're going to release this collection, it features camo. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to tune out for, like, two months and not look at anything you have to offer because camo is kind of ugly. Unless, you know, you're required to wear it because military. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's a uniform, uniforms are inherently ugly. So although people in uniform, mm, that's good stuff. Depending on the uniform. McDonald's is still not a cute uniform. Sorry. Anything heavily involving polyester. <laughs> that's the good stuff. Keeps you nice and warm and Very sweaty, but also gives you breakouts. And stinky. Yeah. No polyester for me, please. I have enough stink trouble on my own. Also another fun little, uh... I guess they're not really blue laws in this instance. They're law laws. Um, Did you know it's illegal to take pictures of the Eiffel Tower at night? But mostly, you know, for profit. Right. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. That when you see pictures of the Eiffel Tower, it's almost always... A daytime picture. Why is that, Sarah? So essentially, under French law, the creator of a work of art, and their definition of art is much wider than I think ours would be, to include um, architecture as well, has the rights to basically control all aspects of it for their entire life, and then 70 years after control if it belongs to your estate. So Gustave Eiffel is the man who designed and had the Eiffel Tower built. He owned the rights to it until his death in nineteen twenty three. And then the rights to it with his estate ended in nineteen ninety three. Which is why in the nineties after that we saw the built the building of a mini Eiffel Tower in Las Vegas. Because oh it's now essentially in the public domain he can make his own copy of it well shortly thereafter nope sorry during the 80s before his control of it was over someone designed the light show that went up on the Eiffel Tower that's that blinking flashing light that you see and because that is designed it is artwork it is um choreographed essentially the man who created that light show owns the rights to that until his death he has not yet died and so if he were to die today not that he should i don't know any about thing about this person don't judge me anyway it, we're not hoping for this <laughs> were he to pass away today 70 years from today his artwork would pass into the public domain and therefore after that you'd be able to take photos of the lights on the Eiffel Tower so yes you can take pictures of it for your own public use you can put it up on your Facebook and nobody's going to say anything but the second you begin to generate profits off of it maybe you put it in a travel book or your blog you post it on your blog and you have affiliate links then you are profiting off of something that is that has a copyright on it and that is not legal. You need express written permission to use any photos of the Eiffel Tower at night from the man who designed the light show. So start typing out your letter and you better be really polite. So another law, which I've heard of being enforced in Paris, and this is true of many, many, many places, so just assume this is the default law everywhere you travel and that is that you may not put your feet on the seats in public transit definitely in paris certainly many other places so even if it's something you could do at home like uh, nobody cares about our rundown subway if i put my feet on it nobody's going to say a thing well don't get comfortable doing that because in other places you can be fined you could be arrested you're definitely going to get yelled at by somebody so don't put your feet on the seats because it's not nice and people don't like it and it could cost you like a hundred (laughs) bucks which it's not worth the fine and it's gross your shoes have been everywhere put your damn feet down and please stop making us talk about feet for a while (laughs) no it's been a very like consistent theme in the last few episodes, and I'm kind of over the feet talk. Well, put your damn feet maybe down. Maybe it's right up our target audience's alley. So, if you want to talk about feet, it's okay. We accept all interests. Email Sarah at feet at gmail dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Don't email that. It could be somebody's like raw raw feet boomba. Put your damn feet down. Ew. <laughs> yeah, I find it amazing how many times in a month I'll see someone posting, I just got a ticket for putting my feet on the seat of the Paris Metro. How was I supposed to know? Well, common sense. Don't do that. It's not your house. Yeah. Yeah. You don't actually live on the subway train or on that train or the tram. So put your damn feet down. Yeah. Um, another fun law is that um, you actually can't purchase alcohol unless it's during a mealtime in Thailand. Apparently, Thailand's also famous for some strict and strange laws, whether they're blue laws or real laws. But apparently, you can only order alcohol between lunchtime, so 11 a.m. and 2 p.m., or at dinner time, which is after five. Regardless of where you go so if it's 3 30 there's it's not five o'clock somewhere for you (laughs) can you pull out like a clock that has different time zones on it and be like but look i'm from this one it's after five please please give me drink drink please need booze want much (laughs) yeah no alcohol for you oh just soup oh just the soup Okay, I mean, I'll settle for soup. But yeah, that could be something to look into if you're trying to have, like, a party getaway. Know when and when you shouldn't, when and when, when and when not to order alcohol, because they're probably, you know, make fun of you behind your back. Stupid tourist. 2 30 what are you doing trying to drink yeah it just means you have to be extra prepared because if you know if you want to drink at 2 30 you gotta buy it beforehand set an alarm on your phone and make sure you hit up that alcohol that liquor store before lunchtime is over otherwise how are you gonna make it to dinner call your alarm booze (laughs) o'clock and it goes off every 30 minutes (laughs) during the service period It's booze o'clock somewhere, not in Thailand. Unless it's actually after 5 p.m., then you're fine. Another interesting law that we came across, and I know this is actually true where I am as well, and that is you may not flush a toilet after 10 p.m. in Switzerland. No one has ever told me this. But it is completely true, and I know it is also true in Germany, In my apartment contract, it says no flushing a toilet after 10. uh, No showers before 5 a.m. And there's all kinds of noise reduction laws. Like, you can't take your recyclables out to the bin on a Sunday. There's no vacuuming on a Sunday. There's no working on a car on a Sunday. Not that that last one has any bearing on my life whatsoever. But... It just throws off your whole week because you can't work on your non-existent invisible car. Exactly. But they're very, very serious. Yeah, no one's ever told me about this. I'm pretty sure I've totally flushed a toilet after 10 p.m. in Switzerland. Shocking. You should go, you should maybe run from the law because the Swiss are definitely coming for you. They're like, we heard she flushed a toilet after 10 p.m. three years ago. Get her, boys. Yeah, they also let me into the Vatican, <laughs> so I think we're cool. But uh, one was before the other, but. <laughs> well, the Swiss Guard may dress very fancifully, but they aren't psychic. They'd be a little concerning if they were. But what a great comic book that would be. <laughs> Action movie, psychic Swiss Guard. And, and you say I have bad ideas. Come on. That would be a blockbuster the psychic swiss no it wouldn't it would be a total flop (laughs) armed with swiss army knives they get fancier weapons than that you know that right i realize it but okay i still like the imagery i like the idea of men in their poofy shirts and their weird pantalones instead of using their like swords and guns they're like you know what Wait here a second. I've got to fold the knife out of my pocket knife. One sec. No, no, no. Don't go. Nope. Come. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. (laughs) All I could get out was the toothpick. Come here. (laughs) ha! closer. (laughs) closer. (laughs) Hey, can you just, like, help and walk into this? (laughs) Like, help a homie out, Repeatedly. He walked into my knife. He walked into my knife 13 times. That's the number, right? I haven't listened to Chicago in a while. Oh, such a good movie. Uh, but if you are in Singapore, there's no gum. Uh, I Singapore seems to be, like, one of the really strict countries about, like, gum and littering. It is a huge no-no. Huge no-no. Like, you don't litter there, you don't chew gum. Or else. Unless it's for therapeutic values. Like, Nicorette. Don't let her, don't shoot gum in Singapore, or else they'll probably kick you out and ban you for life. But this is also how they wanted like, th- an exceptionally clean city. Yeah, there might be something to it. Kind of like how Disney figured out, like, you need a garbage can after X many steps, or else people will literally just throw it on the ground. I think it was 27 steps or something strange like that. It's not a nice even number. I just like the idea that if you stepped one more step closer to the trash can, you'd drop it in, but you're like, mmm, it's slightly out of reach and I don't want to go one more step. And you just dump everything in your arms. Okay, bye, I'm done. Just nope, too far. Ugh, the exertion of going one more step. That one step can make or break you. Can or, it? Like, unless you're in Singapore. Just don't. Don't do it. <laughs> Another unusual law, which is also true in multiple places, is that it is illegal to feed pigeons in San Francisco. It is, in fact, so illegal that they started a website listing all of the dozens of reasons why it's bad to uh, feed pigeons. And unsurprisingly, almost all of them trace back to poop. Because (laughs) if you feed them, they will come. And if they come, they will poop you. You know what they need to do? They just need to, like... Write a book that's like, if you give a mouse a cookie, but like, if you feed a pigeon in San Francisco, (laughs) if you feed a San Franciscan pigeon, they will poop. And it's just that, like, over and over. And this is also true in a lot of cities in Italy, particularly in Venice. Some of it has to do with just the fact that pigeons are gross. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that influencers more and more are using pigeons as backdrops why so it makes the idea is that it gives a dramatic sort of a, a kinetic feeling to your photos because there's action and movement in the background so you'll be posed in front of say a cathedral and there'll be a flock of pigeons behind you and the photographer and or the person who's modeling will pay people nearby to scare the pigeons so that they shoot up into the sky and fly away so that there's something interesting and textural to your photo Uh, nope but then you've got crowds of angry pigeons flying over people's heads and pooping everywhere and that doesn't make people super happy go figure i'm not even a fan of like the aviaries and zoos where you can walk through and the birds are flying above no that freaks me out no i don't want that and I don't want to get pooped on. As someone who grew up with birds, what bothers me more is the distress you're putting animals through for the sake of a photo. Like, pigeons don't that too. flush into the sky because they want to. Like, that's fight or flight. Like, they're terrified. Ugh. I also really don't like it when little Perverts. kids chase pigeons. Like, just be nice. Especially when it's, like, a 13-year-old a who's just being a little shithead. Don't do that. They're animals. They have hearts and brains. I do not like it. Quit being a little asshole. Speaking about assholes, mm, that's a rough transition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're not actually talking about assholes, but did you know that you can't pee in the ocean in Portugal? <laughs> we're still trying to figure out how this is being policed, but apparently Portugal has outlawed peeing in the ocean when you're at the beach or whatever. I still like to think it's a lifeguard with a snorkel who's going around checking for hot spots. Cold, 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 warm. (laughs) But like, of all the things to ban, what happened for Portugal to be like, you guys, stop doing this. It's too much. It's too much pee in the oceans. Like the animals of the ocean do it enough. You don't need to add to it. Yeah. What happened, Portugal? Who hurt you? the ocean is just full of animal pee did you ever watch um what was it called salute your shorts yeah you remember the red-headed kid how he would argue that he wouldn't go swimming in the lake because fish fart in it no well that line stuck with me and that's what it makes me think of I'm like people can't pee in the ocean do you know how many fish fart in the ocean it'll be fine Will it, though? Well, I mean, global warming will kill us very soon. But a little pee in the ocean ain't gonna hurt nobody. But I'm still curious to know what happened in Portugal to cause this to be a law. So curious! If you're in Portugal and you know some of the reasoning behind this, please drop us a line. Because we're intrigued. Also, we really want to know how this is enforced. Not that we plan on peeing in the ocean in Portugal anytime soon. But if we did... How would you catch us? It's the perfect crime. Cold, 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 cold. Warm, warm, warm. <laughs> Just swim away. The, the instead of shark, they're like it's pee. A lifeguard in a snorkel surfaces and points. You, you paid. Oh my, ew. They better get paid a lot to do that <laughs> if that's how they do it. And then get a nice shower afterwards. Another law that you might want to be aware of is the fact that in Mexico, it is required for bicyclists to keep their hands on their handlebars and their feet on the pedals at all times. There's none of this look-ma-no-hands business. You must keep your hands on the handlebars, or you will be cited as a reckless driver. I feel like that's fair. Like, anywhere where there's a lot of, like, cars and bicyclist traffic that should probably be a rule. Yeah, in Mexico City just so there's no accident like wipeouts. Yeah, in Mexico City is a very very densely populated city with a lot a lot of cars. So it's it unlike the Netherlands where it's dense, well it's less densely populated, but there's a dense population but almost everyone is on bikes. It's very different safety precautions necessary there. So, like when you're in the Netherlands, you will see people biking while texting, both hands off the handlebars, or like holding a book somehow. Like I don't think you should be multitasking quite like this, but bravo on the ingenuity. I'm just like picturing like Belle, how she's like walking through everywhere with her nose to book, but like someone on a bicycle instead. (laughs) Although, don't get me wrong, I some of the worst road rage I have ever seen is people on bikes. Holy crap, do not mm, mess with the bicyclist. Because I can actually hear list. you. Well, I went on a bike tour at a, in a village in the Netherlands, and I was very, very rusty. Hadn't ridden b- a bike in a long time, and I was trying to take this corner, but I wasn't doing so hot. And this woman in like a 1940s pinup style dress with, like, the bumper bangs and all of that wanted to get around me, but instead of, like, taking a slightly wider turn to get around me, she took one long stiletto and just shoved me over. <laughs> like, she just reached over, kicked me, and knocked me flat out. I was like, wait a second, that is not even if i'm doing poorly that is not how you handle this she just knew you're not meant to be on a bicycle she's like here i'm i'm fixing the world right now (laughs) yeah she had like an impressively high red cherry red platform stiletto on and as soon as i saw that spike coming at me i was like oh oh shit (laughs) i'm done over and out (laughs) I live here now, on the ground. <laughs> well, the scary Your thing was, position. is that I was turning onto a bridge. So if I had been slightly closer to the barrier, I would have gone over. You would have just become the troll underneath the bridge. <laughs> oh, I'm already a troll. So, I mean, putting me under the bridge isn't that much different than being on top of it. But. <laughs> it's just more fitting. <laughs> yeah, that was an experience. Oh, funny. Don't do that in Mexico, Yikes. though, because her foot was off the pedal and she would have gotten a citation. Ooh. Um, and also, if you're going to one of Lonely Planet's travel des- destinations of uh, 2020, please keep in mind that tobacco is 100% banned in Bhutan. 100%. Like, don't do it there. Um, like, they're probably going to kick you out and ban you for life. Just because they're trying to keep their, their crisp, pure mountain air perfectly crisp and pure without cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Which is fair enough. It's, it's very expensive to enter Bhutan, so it's in your best interest not to bring anything that they've banned, because uh, you're going to lose like $250 a day for your park permits if they find something they want to take away from you and kick you out. You're not even allowed to bring it into the country. Yep. There can be no traces so of, leave, of tobacco. So leave it at home. Yeah. Because, you know, that's kind of a silly reason to get kicked out, especially when this could be like an easy search. I don't know. I don't know if people would think of that, but certain places are not kidding around about tobacco products being in the country. And Bhutan is 100% not kidding around. So No, they are not. Don't push it. Let's... And if you're like the only one smoking, I feel like they would like their spidey senses would tingle from like far, far away and they would just find you and be there immediately. Yeah. And when they say tobacco products, they don't just mean like tobacco leaf products, they also mean vape pens and vape juice and all of that. Zero tobacco products. <laughs> yes. Yeah, speaking about mountains, it is illegal to hike naked in the Swiss Alps. So this is another law that makes you go, hmm, why is this an issue? (laughs) As much as you really wanted to feel that crisp mountain air, because apparently a lot of people were doing it before, the hills were alive with the sound of naked hiking. Uh, Ooh, that is not a pleasant sound. Like I don't know what it sounds like, but I can imagine... Do you know how horrible that would be if you... But, like, what if you fell and you're naked in the Swiss Alps? That sounds terrible. As we've mentioned in a previous episode, the Alps are very tall and quite pointy. They're probably tired of treating all the injuries to naked people from naked hiking, so they're like, you know what? We done. (laughs) Well, and... E... Like, I get that if you're a naturalist, it is something you want to in- in- uh, incorporate into all of your hobbies. Like, oh, naked tennis, naked swimming, naked chess in the park. Look, whatever okay. you want to do naked. No, naked tennis sounds dangerous. <laughs> but like that's a hiking. very, very common activity at um, at nudist camps. That yeah, is a very Yeah, but if you get hit thing. with a tennis ball, like, there's literally nothing to help absorb the impact. Yeah, but you also don't play tennis with a cup, either. Yeah, but still, like, I'm I'm thinking, like, even, like, legs getting hit. That's full-on contact. That's a welt. It's a broken hit well, right there. Well, I mean, you play tennis in shorts, so you could still hit your leg. Yeah. But The point being, this is one of the more high-risk activities to do while naked. Like, abrasions to your penis does not sound pleasant. I don't like this topic. I find it weird. (laughs) Did I ever tell you that I had a roommate who was a nudist? No. She was also a terrorist. Uh, what? (laughs) So I had a roommate in college who, she was significantly older than anybody else I knew in school, and certainly the oldest person I knew who still lived in the dorm, and she, I think she intentionally put on this era being super mysterious, but she also had a lot of unusual lifestyle choices. For instance, she was polyamorous, which is perfectly fine, but when paired with also being a nudist and having been arrested for terrorism and having a Grammy. What? And in retrospect, she might have been lying about some of these things. But she once invited me to go. What specifically did she do to get arrested for? She broke into a naval base. According to the story, she broke into a naval base and peed on one of the consoles. I find that really hard to believe that she broke into a naval base. I, yes, but she did have an arrest record. And it was for something involving a naval base, so. I'm going to need a off off-recording <laughs> details. <laughs> I have questions. But she had a sugar daddy who flew her out to a nudist colony every summer. And she asked me if I wanted to go with her. And I said, You know, I just don't think that's for me. And she goes, well, I mean, all it really is is playing tennis. And you probably like playing tennis. And I go, "Mm mm-mm. Or swimming. You probably like swimming. And I said, I do not. Okay, but there's, like, naked drinking and swimming. Like, I'm a poor swimmer. I'm not getting drunk and trying to swim. (laughs) Can you not, like, is... Wearing like a a life vest while you're drunk swimming, (laughs) is that like a no-no because that's putting on clothes? I do not know, but she really was making a hard sell and I just kept telling her, I don't want any bit of this. I don't, we don't particularly get along, so I super duper don't want to get naked with you. (laughs) Oh boy. Also, one of her boyfriends was a... He liked to do um, life drawings, so her room was plastered with pictures of them naked together that he had drawn. It's a little uh, self-involved right there, having that all over your room, isn't it? A little bit, especially when her other boyfriends would come by and it'd be like, look, here's a drawing of me with boyfriend number one. Hello, boyfriend number two. Would you like to sit down next to this drawing of us and watch some TV? Would you like my boobs to be right above your head on this drawing? Thank you for clarifying that last bit. <laughs> you had to put the gap there for dramatic pause and it worked so well. Uh, but anyway. But anyways, back to the law. I think even Don't she I... would agree that hiking while naked is probably slightly more dangerous than necessary. I mean, you know, maybe. This sounds. It sounds dangerous to sensitive bits. You can't sit down anywhere. That's my nudist carry towels. Doesn't sound like a fun time. Doesn't sound like fun. No. And you know, it's it's like I, a family place, so nobody wants to see that there. Yeah, just protect your dangly bits, regardless of what type of dangly bits you got. Protect the bits. All the bits. God, could you imagine how much sunscreen you would need? <laughs> and finding something to I'm help so- you apply it to your butt. Hey, is that rubbed in? (laughs) Could you rub it in a little bit more? A little bit more. Keep going. I'll tell you when. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if, like, most people know what durian is, but it's also known as the stinky fruit. That says all you really need to know. And we've talked about it. Yeah, we've talked about it, and it tasted like pineapple and onions, but... Um, in public places in Southeast Asia, it's actually illegal to, like, crack open a fresh durian, I guess. Like, I'm going to imagine that you can, you can have it as long as you don't open it. Just because it is so stinky. Yeah. And saying it's stinky undersells it a little bit. It's a very, very potent and permeating scent. It's kind of hard to get out of your mouth. Yeah. But um, others have described it as being a, a mix of turpentine onions... And a little sprinkling of old gym socks. Yum. That sounds delightful. Um, yeah, so when they're saying it's stinky, they're not kidding it around kidding around, and I'm guessing for anybody who's sensitive to smells and might have a really good gag reflex, they don't want you like wafting it around in public places. Do that at home. Don't open or snack on durian on a bus or a train. Yeah, if you haven't had Nobody wants to smell that. If you haven't tried durian and you can't quite figure out, like, you can't picture how it tastes or imagine how it tastes, because picturing how it tastes would be useless. Um, <laughs> you if, just picture um, a can of turpentine with an onion and a gym sock hanging out of it. That. Or if you had the Skittles that were out for Halloween this year in the U.S. that were supposedly rotting flesh flavored, uh, that is actually durian flavor. What a fun way to to describe it as rotting flesh. Uh, it was supposed to be like zombie Skittles, and they were all white, so you couldn't tell what flavor you were having. And then one out of every however many Skittles would be rotting flesh. But it, it was really just durian, so it was kind of fruity and socky and gross. Ew. Ew. I was talking to a co-worker about this the other day and she said that it's not uncommon for elevators to have a sign on them that say no durian because it's elevators are too small of a space with too little air for you to open a durian in there because it will make people feel sick and it'll stick in your clothes Ooh. so durian is strictly an open air fruit yeah I can see that Worth trying, but I'm, I'm good on the durian. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the Scottish drink Iron Brew in that it is a flavor that is, the Scottish will debate me on this, but it's not particularly pleasant, and you will burp and feel it in your mouth for hours afterwards. Like, you burp and you're like, oh god, the flavor's back. No! But you can smell it and taste it at the same time. It's not great. Yikes. So, remember, before you go traveling, maybe look up and see what their fun little blue laws or weird laws are so you're not in violation of any of them. Some of them are a little bit more common sense than others, but who knew you couldn't pee in the ocean in Portugal? Ooh, I have one quick little bonus one, and that's that... If you are from outside the U.S. and you visit the U.S., remember that we do not have alcohol in public. Yeah, unless you're in Las Vegas. So that's a blue law that you might not know. Yeah, exactly. There's a few places where you can, but uh, if you're a German on vacation in the U.S., do not grab your Veg beer and bring it with you because there is no beer on the Veg in the U.S. Womp womp we're irresponsible yeah it's a <laughs> it's a surefire way to get yourself into a little bit of trouble so don't do that but if you're in the US and you're in Germany drink your beer outside it's really fun just don't hike naked yeah and super duper don't hike naked if you're drunk <laughs> cause that is how you lose your dangly bits I was here a minute ago i don't know what happened uh oh god moving on shall we get to the tip of the week so yeah what you got uh, hit me i guess it's pretty decent um no shame game uh if you're traveling abroad and maybe you're overwhelmed for places to go to eat or get something uh, sustenance there's no shame in going into a starbucks or a mcdonald's it's fine You shouldn't feel guilty. Um, We have gone into millions of Starbucks places everywhere. Because, fun fact, different countries have different things in their Starbucks. Or their McDonald's. So there's no shame. I mean, we highly encourage you to branch out and try foods from where you're at. But, you know, if you need something quick because you're getting a little hangry. Or you need a caffeine pick-me-up. No shame whatsoever in going into You know, one of the massive chain places like a Starbucks or McDonald's. You could find something that's pretty cool and unique to your location there, too. I had a lot of fun when we were in Korea and Japan going into Starbucks because they have their own drinks made with local ingredients. Matcha everything! And yeah, it's a chain. And yeah, exactly matcha everything. So having something that has a slight sense of comfort, of hominess to it that... Everywhere you go, Starbucks looks kind of similar, but the drink is something new. You get to try something new. Uh, I mean, there's no harm in that. Try something new. See their twist on things. Did you know that they serve pizza and McDonald's in Canada? That's something new. Why not? I mean, yeah, if you need something that's a little bit more like home, do it. No shame game. I mean, I highly encourage you not to be solely dependent on like locations like this. And check out what, you know, wherever you're at has to offer. But it's cool. It's fine. It's a guaranteed way to get your fries or the caffeine you desperately need to function. Yeah. Plus, if you lose your passport and you're in Austria, if you go to a McDonald's, they will direct you to your embassy. No shit. Yeah. The Austrian McDonald's employees are trained to help Americans get to their (laughs) embassy. Specifically Americans? Yep. Just Americans. Aww or stupid american let me help you it's this way (laughs) and here's your cheeseburger cheeseburger no you cannot cannot has cheeseburger oh no i can have has has cheeseburger you can have burger a good choice (laughs) but yeah no shame game i agree sometimes you need food that's quick and doesn't take a whole lot of brain power to decipher the menu it happens. And you can play with those fun touchscreens to order from. Oh, honestly, truly, the very best burger I have ever had was at a McDonald's in Paris because they had a blue cheese gourmet burger. It was amazing. I regretted it almost immediately afterwards, but in the moment it was delicious. <laughs> Isn't that how, like, most fast food things work? Good in the moment and then five minutes later you're like, why? Yeah why well no it was it was not that it was just that i really really shouldn't have had so much blue cheese fair enough milk was a bad choice typically <laughs> uh anyways <laughs> i think that wraps up everything for our um little unknown law episode join us next week for more travel things it might be involving food too But in, like, a happier way? Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, But yeah, so don't forget, it's an adventure. So try not to get arrested, because that will severely cramp your travel style. Mm. Don't get yourself banned from a whole country. I mean, that's what I try to do. It's literally my only goal in life. Just don't get banned somewhere. Oh, I was going to ask, getting banned from places? You're not doing a very good job. No, no, it's all part of a long game. I'm not going to get myself banned. I'm going to get you banned. No, pass. Fine. Yeah. So join us next week for more travely stuff. Woo. Okay. Bye. Rava <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating on whatever platform you are listening to us on. If you're interested in following us, look us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We're on all three platforms as at C2Unknown. That's S-E-A-T-O-Unknown. Or you can jump right onto our website, www.c2unknown.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at S-A-R underscore S, and Melinda is on both as at HooliganMonster. If you have any travel stories or tips you want to share with us, please reach out to us at our email, which is c2unknown at gmail.com. Thank you, and we hope to see you back here next week. Bye!